0: Welcome back. Here we are in Revelation chapter 5. We'll start at verse 1. We hit it yesterday, but we'll start from there. Let's go. And I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals, and no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth, was able to open the scroller to look at it. So we looked at that yesterday. Just to recap a little bit, we've got the scroll written inside and back. Title deed. God had title to the earth. He relinquished it to Satan in the garden with sin. Now, uh, Satan, who was thrown out of heaven, is now the prince of the air. He's still in the rule and authority of God. God allows him to do certain things. Satan is evil. He tempts you. God does not tempt you. He tests you. God uses uh, people as instruments, um, and he uses the Satan uh, as Satan an instrument. But God will get, he has title back to the earth right now, and he got that on the cross. He bought it with his blood. He redeemed us. He was the ransom. But he hasn't taken possession of it yet, and he will. So we sit here in our circumstances and wonder what's going on, how could God, how could a loving, real God allow this to happen, allow this to happen, allow this to happen to me, this to my neighbor, this to our nation, whatever it is? He's still on the throne. He actually has the title of the earth. He never stopped being God. He's completely sovereign, and he has a purpose for all this. And in verse 4, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And the seals contain the um, and reveal the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments. So you've got three things. The seal, the trumpets, the bowls. S-T-B. Seals contain the trumpet. The seventh seal contains the trumpet judgments. The seventh trumpet... Uh, judgment contains the seven bold judgments and they contain the unveiling of the mystery of god which only christ um, can disclose daniel 12 9 says and he said go your way daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the end of time and the seals will be broken by jesus the scroll open and the final result will be the second coming of jesus and i looked and behold in the midst of the throne And of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So here in verse 6, I looked. So he's looking. And behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, so we talked about the throne, it is set in heaven. It is the center of the universe, if you will. And of the four living creatures, those are the um, four living creatures with the face of the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. Again, tying in the four Gospels, the Gospels were symbolized by those, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were symbolized by the lion, ox, man, and eagle. You've got the formation of the camps going back into the Old Testament that formed from an aerial view across And each of the camps had a symbol, which were the same lion, ox, man, and eagle. So we want to pay attention to all these tie-ins, these threads through the Bible that are just absolutely amazing. So if you ever get bored reading the Old Testament or something, some people do, just weave it into the New Testament. Weave it into Revelation and Genesis, and, and it'll change how you look at it. And so we've got these four living creatures. And in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Let's take a look at what lamb means and who this is. Let's look at Exodus twelve five and 6. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. So this lamb was supposed to be without blemish that means without sin without problem and it's a male god it has male care he is a male (laughs) if if you characteristically say that at least in the person of of jesus um i loved the what was it the the shack i think it was called great book i think it was a movie too uh, but they got the theology wrong on, on saying that God God the Father was a woman. That was wrong. Um, and then we get Isaiah 53, 7. And give me one second. My, I'm to pull that back up. There we go. Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before it shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. This is one of the most amazing chapters in the Bible. Isaiah 53. I think every Jewish person should just read this and pray about it and meditate on it and talk to God about it. There are many Jewish people who have come to understand that Jesus is the Messiah through this exact chapter of Isaiah 53. So it says he was oppressed and was afflicted. That describes Jesus, right? He came not as a king but as a suffering servant. He says he opened not his mouth. Did Jesus do what we would have done? We would have been like, no, I am so innocent. You don't know who I am. Do you know my blood? Do you know my father? My father is rich and he is going to tear you a new one and he's going to get me out of jail. That's exactly what all of us would have done. But he just stayed silent. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before the shearers is silent. Nope, not his mouth. John one twenty-nine it says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. So, we were washed in the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice animals that would just cover up their sin, but they had to keep continually sacrificing animals because they kept sinning. You and I keep sinning. But there was one entity that was able to be shed of its blood. And it didn't just cover sin. It put it away once and for all, past, present, and future. And that is the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus is the Lamb. He opened not his mouth. He remained silent. He submitted he loved. That is the ultimate expression of love. To not speak up and say, Do you know who I am and what I deserve and what I could do to you and that I created you? No. He humbled himself. He didn't come as a worldly king the first time. He came as a suffering servant. But know this He will come back as a conquering king. You can bet on that and you can claim that and you can talk to God about that and you can live that out in expectation and He will come. The church will be raptured, and then seven years later, at the end of the tribulation, he will come for the second time, the second coming, and then he will reign on earth for 1,000 years during the millennial kingdom, and we, believers in Jesus Christ, the church, will be kings and priests and reign with him. Trust that. Know that. It is the truth. that is biblical. Absolutely, and it rocks. So we're back to Revelation 6. Stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Why did it look as though it had been slain? Well, because Jesus died on the cross, and he has a glorified body, and it can do different things. We saw at Pentecost around then that after his resurrection that Jesus was able to pass through um, solid, solid earthly objects. So he had some type of different body. He didn't have to open the door to enter the room. He just slipped in through the walls. And yet he still had his scars from his uh, the uh, I can't think of I'm just having a brain fart right now but the nails in his hands and Thomas was doubting him and everybody else was like wow that's Jesus and Thomas was like I don't know let me let me touch let me see and that's why he says blessed are you who see and believe uh, uh, and, and and then blessed are those who do not see and yet still have faith and believe So there's a different type of body, this glorified body. Um, And he could have easily created a body for himself that shows that he's a conquering king and it's perfect and there's no, no scars. But he still continues to be so humble. This is someone I want to follow, someone who is so humble, not cocky, not arrogant, that he just wants to go around saying, look, I'll walk around with these stains. I'll walk around with these scars. I'm in it with you. I did it for you because I love you. And it says he had seven horns and seven eyes. The seven horns, remember, seven speaks, it's a number that we don't need to be dogmatic about it, but it it, uh, typically means perfect or completion. So when they say seven horns, that's talking about his omnipotence, omnipotent omnipotence, that he is all powerful. And seven eyes, having lots of eyes to see, that means he is, that expresses his omniscience omniscience comes from the word omni-science, all science. He knows everything. We get this word confused in our culture today and they say, no, science proves this. Science proves evolution. Science proves this, that blah, blah, blah. And God is all science. That's what that word means, omni-science. He created science. He knows science better than any human on earth ever could, ever does, or ever will, multiplied and com- combined to infinity he is omniscient and it says which of the seven spirits of god sent out into all the earth verse seven then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne so jesus that is he it says then he came and took the scroll who's he that is jesus the son of god came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne who is him god the father so in this one verse you see god the son jesus and god the father i just love revelation i hope you're enjoying it we're gonna have so much fun going through this lord teach us revelation if we've never studied it or if we've studied it studied it two or three or five times teach us something new most importantly change our hearts i know my heart constantly needs updating i'm like a computer that constantly gets viruses and needs a reboot or needs a virus killer or whatever it's called, and and that's you, Lord. I just need you in my life every day because I know that I'm going to sin. And show me those sins when I do them. Convict me and help me to turn from them into you. And for anyone listening to this podcast, I pray the exact same for them. Help us all to know that we are not alone, Lord, that one plus God makes a majority. I love you, and I pray for each person listening to this, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Now it's time to go and make disciples, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show people who Jesus is so that we have the right to tell them who Jesus is. I'd encourage you to share this by social media, text, or email, with someone who you think could benefit from learning more about the Word of God. Have a blessed day.